This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show with your boy, Jonathan. It is January 5th, 2020. 2020. It still feels really weird uh, saying that. This is the first uh, episode of the Six Man Show of the year of 2020. Uh, Logam, Smogam, I guess, in the Twitch chat. What's going on, man? How's it going? Um, if you guys follow the show, um, if you guys you know watch us or watch me on Twitch every week, uh, you might notice I'm using different headphones. And I, I mentioned that um, my voice sounds a little bit different to me right now than it normally does. So I want to lead with this show asking you guys, you know, what is your New Year's resolution for 2020? For me personally, um, it's really just going to be uh, being he- more healthy overall. Uh, I've got a pretty crappy immune system. I'm usually sick, you know, at least once a month or every other month. I did pretty good. I went from like May until about August without getting sick at all. Uh, but since August, I've been sick like at least once every two weeks. Like I'll be sick for like two weeks. I'll go maybe a week without being sick and then I'll be sick all over again. So um, apart from that, you know, I've uh, I've started taking a bunch of vitamins to start the year. I, me and the wife went to the store. I got, you know, one of those old people pill planners and everything like that for Sunday through Saturday so I can remember to, to take my vitamins every single day, try to boost my immune system uh, just so that I can stop being so sick all the time. If you guys listen to the show, you might also have noticed that I get pricks prick that I get sick pretty often okay Um, but as far as also you know being healthy I want to try to lose a couple of uh, pounds the reason that I'm using these crappy old iPhone headphones to record the show today is that while I was getting ready for the podcast I was getting everything situated I set my Sennheiser uh, headphones down on my computer chair I went to sit down forgot they were there and just completely obliterated them they're completely broken. I tried to super glue them back together. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to have to buy some new headphones. So yeah, my New Year's resolution, I definitely need to stop being uh, such a fatty and lose a couple of pounds and uh, yeah, get back in the gym and whatnot. You know, when you're looking at old pictures of yourself, you're like, man, I used to think I was a little bit chubby, but man, I looked a whole lot better than I look now. So um, if anybody is with me, let's, let's, uh, new year, new me, you know, 2020, let's lose some weight, you know, all of the, uh, the cliches and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I really want to stick to that. I want to lose uh, some weight. Uh, but anyways, let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. That's a, a Mulan reference for any of my, my people out there. Uh, but we're really going to talk about Orlando Magic basketball. So let's jump right into this. We'll talk. We've got four games this week uh, that, that we need to, to get through. We need to talk about. I've got a lot of thoughts, a lot of things that I've written down. Uh, So let's get right into that. So we'll start Monday night, the Orlando Magic at home to take on the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, The Magic lose 101-93 to to a six-win Hawks team that was playing without Trey Young. Uh, Orlando was also without Aaron Gordon, who sat out in order to give uh, a sore Achilles time to heal. He's been complaining that, um, you know, he just hasn't felt right, that he's had a few ankle injuries, uh, and that's just kind of led to some further inflammation, and uh, it's really bothering his Achilles, and he felt like he just needed to take some time um, away from basketball in order to get that right uh, before he would continue to play on that ankle. 
So Wessel Wundu was given the start in his place. The Magic led by 18 points in the second quarter with 2 minutes and 30 seconds to go in the half. The Hawks then went on a 10-2 run to end the half to cut the lead to 10. Eight of those 10 points came from Brandon Goodwin, a guy that nobody had ever heard of before as far as our fan base goes, a G-leaguer that was playing in his fifth game of the season. I swear this only happens to the Magic, these no-name guys who just come out and kill us last year, whether it was uh, Chase and Randall, I forget the kid that it was, um, you know, from Memphis last year, who really gave us a run for our money when we were like down like 19 in that game and came back and won that game in overtime. Uh, but it's just always these no-name guys uh, that, that seem to kill the Magic. I don't watch you know, many other games from other teams. So uh, I don't know if this happens to everybody, but it's it's just become like a running joke in the Magic fan base that this always happens to us. Uh, Orlando um, only scores 15 points in the quarter, uh, just could not get shots to fall, um, shot 26% in the third quarter. Uh, they let Atlanta score 27 points in the quarter on 52% shooting. Markel Fultz made a few defensive mistakes, allowing Goodwin and Herter to get open you know, for free threes. Those two guys really hurt us. Like I said, the Magic fall 101-93. to Orlando definitely missed Aaron Gordon's defensive presence, especially in that second half when Atlanta went on their run. The Magic bench contributed 24 points on the night, primarily from DJ Augustine, who had 17 points. Uh, Orlando was out-rebounded 40-52. to And uh, one of these days, I really need to sit down figure out exactly um, how much bench points and, and the you know losing the rebounding battle affect our ability to win some of these games. In a lot of the losses, it seems like it's a trend that the, the bench unit just really doesn't get it going. They have a, a tough time you know putting the ball in the hoop, a tough time defending as well. And then when you pair that with the team getting out-rebounded, it just seems like most nights we compare those two. It's a, it's a formula for a loss. Orlando center Nikola Vucevic went for 27 points and six rebounds. Evan Fournier added 22 points. What's going on, Carson? What's going on, um, Ricardo? How are you guys doing? Hope you guys had uh, a happy new year. Hope you guys are doing really well. Moving on to Washington. Uh, Wednesday night, Orlando was in Washington to take on the Wizards. Aaron Gordon would miss his second straight game, still nursing that, score, that sore Achilles. Uh, Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, Davis Bertans were missing for Washington. Uh, and then once again, Wessa Wundu got his second consecutive start uh, in place of Aaron Gordon. A defining moment of the season, not really in a good way, would come really early in this game. With 10 minutes and two seconds left in the first quarter, Jonathan Isaac poked the ball loose from Bradley Beal, collected the steal. As he's driving to the rim, he goes for a right to left Euro step around Bradley Beal. His left leg kind of gets tangled with Bradley Beal, and as he plants his left foot, the knee hyperextended, twisted awkwardly. Isaac fell to the ground in a heap in what appeared to be an immense amount of pain, clutching at his knee and wincing. Uh, from that point, everyone is really just thinking the worst, whether it be a torn ACL, you know, dislocated knee, whatever the case may be. He remained on the ground for a few minutes as Magic trainers came out, evaluated him. Uh, eventually, they called out a stretcher. Uh, he was stretchered off with a towel over his knee. And, and me personally, at that point, I was really just concerned about Jonathan, what that could mean for his long-term health. Uh, the last time 
I remember seeing a guy uh, getting carted off of the floor with a, with a, a towel over his leg. It was when uh, Victor Oladipo had ruptured his quad last year. So my mind is just kind of rushing all over that play, all over the place. Um, just really, hopefully, you know, that he was uh, going to be able to bounce back from that, and that it really wouldn't be too seriously. Uh, at that point, it was honestly really hard to focus on the game. Uh, I can't really imagine how our guys played through that. Being concerned about Jonathan not really knowing what was going on and you know how bad that injury looked. Um, nobody would have uh, I, I really blamed these guys if they just kind of checked out emotionally in this game and, and let the game get away from them. But but I give the Magic all the credit in the world for the performance they put on the rest of the game. Missing so many guys, Clifford had no choice but to play guys like Melvin Frazier Jr., Emil Jefferson. You know, kind of extended minutes. Usually those guys just play kind of in garbage time. Uh, they don't really see the floor a whole lot, uh, but just given you know Jonathan Isaac being out, Aaron Gordon was already out, Al Farouk Aminu, um, Michael Carter-Williams, Clifford really had no choice but to play those guys. We saw some lineups of Kem, Kem Birch and, and Nikola Vucevic, Birch and Bamba. Those were really out of necessity, and I don't know if it was due to the fact that you know Washington really lacked size, but those big lineups that the Magic ran were really pretty effective against Washington. Um, and also, in part, uh, the next game against Miami, which we'll talk about uh, in a few minutes. But this game was pretty close until the Magic were able to break it open in the third quarter uh, and then extended the lead to 24 points left uh, late in the fourth quarter. Orlando played with great defensive intensity against one of the better offensive teams in the league, holding them to 101 points in a 122-101 to victory. And again, I just can't say enough about the fight and the composure of this team with J.I. going down in the first, the way they played in the second half. Down so many guys. We've had so many injuries. Like I said, I wouldn't have blamed them if they would have just checked out emotionally after J.I. went down. But they didn't. You know, they responded really well. This was really a great win. I also wanted to add that Orlando got 56 points off of the bench, including 25 from D.J. Augustine. 15 from Ross, and then they out-rebounded Washington 52-46. to So, like I said, I, I really feel like um, we're seeing a trend here. If the bench plays relatively well and the Magic win the rebounding battle, it just seems like that bodes well as, as far as the results of the game, you know, and the Magic coming out with wins. Um, I'm gonna, Like I said, one of these days I'm going to sit down, really uh, do like a deep dive into the result of these games when the Magic have a, a pretty uh, – you know, decent offensive output from the bench and also winning the, the rebounding battle. I just feel like usually the starters play well enough uh, to win these games uh, when we get that lift from the bench and, you know, we're, we play physical and we out-rebound the other teams. Uh, I feel like that really gives us a, a, a great chance to win. Um, Carson is saying he thinks that he need, we need to fire Steve, bring up one of our assistants instead of bringing in someone new or the DeFoss family needs to sell. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, man. There's just been so much turnover with this franchise the last couple of years. Uh, you know, since Stan Van Gundy, we've had Jacques Vaughn, then we fired him, uh, then we had Borrego as the interim after we fired Jacques Vaughn, then we moved on to Scott Skiles, who wanted to quit basically after like three months. He stuck it out the rest of the year before he stepped down. Then we bring in Frank Vogel for two seasons, and now we bring in Clifford. We finally are having some success. You know, the team is still in the eighth seed. Uh, he's really had a lot of adversity to start the season so far as far as, you know, injuries go. Um, 
and this team really isn't benefiting from continuity the way that we thought they would. Uh, but the team is really still in a, a good position. Um, you know, if, if we win tomorrow night against the Nets, you know, we'll be in position to be the seventh seed. So um, I think it's a little bit too early to talk about stuff like that as far as the DeVos family um, needing to sell. I, just, I really I don't see that happening. I know there are people um, not to get political, but just given, you know, some of their you know political um, stances, they would love to see somebody else own the team. I'm not really going to get into any of that, um, but I, I just don't think that happening. They've owned the, the team for, for so long now, um, and, you know, they, I'm sure they make quite a lot of money from it. But um, I, I think if anything, if anything were to change with upper management as far as the Orlando Magic uh, are concerned, um, I would like to see them kind of move away from Alex Martins and just, um, you know, bring somebody new in. Uh, not really doesn't have everything to do with um, like basketball philosophy, but um, just some of the like, you know, the game experience and, and, and stuff like that. Um, just kind of the focus of, of the franchise at times, but that's, that's a, another podcast for another time. That's a, that's a discussion for, uh, for another time, uh, in this game against Washington, Orlando got 20 points from Nikola Vucevic, 18 points from Evan Fournier and 15 from Markel Fultz. Always good to see Markel Fultz play well, especially in Washington in front of his, you know, close friends and family. Uh, after the game, when asked about the injury, Jonathan Isaac said he had never really had a knee injury before. So when he first went down, he thought the injury was pretty significant. He was thinking, oh, it, it's all over, you know, whatever that means, um, you know, maybe being a little bit dramatic. But after a few moments down on the ground, he said it started to feel a lot better. And then once they got him back to the locker room and after the game, he was able to get up and walk around on the leg a little bit. Steve Clifford also felt like the Magic were able to avoid a, a pretty significant injury, uh, but we didn't really know anything at that time. Jonathan Isaac would undergo an MRI the next day in Orlando, which just absolutely took forever. You know, you would think this kid is, you know, cornerstone of the franchise. I'm sure, you know, the Magic are able to get in pretty quickly into some kind of, what is it for an MRI? Is that a radiologist? I don't even know, but... um yeah, you would think they'd be able to get into an M MRI pretty quickly uh, and, and get the news on Jonathan Isaac's injury. And the longer that it went on, I don't think we heard, what was it until like 3 o'clock or something like that on Thursday before we heard what was going on with Jonathan Isaac? And me personally, I just thought like, okay, if the MRI came back clean, then they would have let us know you know, pretty early on. The, the more we wait, it just seems like, you know, maybe they're trying to see what their options are going to be uh, in order to, you know, kind of fill that, you know, roster spot or, or that spot in the rotation, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, you know, the rest of the season or whatever the case may be. So the longer that we went, you know, waiting for the results of that MRI, I just thought it was, you know, ACL or you know, I, it, I, I was just thinking the worst at that time. Um, but the MRI confirmed that Jonathan Isaac suffered a severe knee sprain and a severe bone contusion to the left knee. Team officials, uh, you know, Jeff Weltman has said that he's going to be out indefinitely and he will be reevaluated in two months. Josh Robbins of The Athletic mentioned in his article, you know, covering the injury that a decision has not yet been made whether or not Jonathan will need surgery uh, for the sprain and the, the bone contusion that he's had. Uh, and he added that it seems likely that Isaac will miss the remainder of the season. So um, I, I really don't know, you know, as far as. Um, you know, the reevaluation of two months, 
you know, a, a severe sprain and bone contusion. Josh Robbins, you know, he's great at covering the team, so he probably knows better than most. Um, but yeah, it, right now, um, you know, the Magic, they don't really release timetables when it comes to any of these guys' injuries. You know, Michael Carter-Williams, we've been missing him for maybe a week and a half, maybe close to two weeks now with that shoulder sprain. He still doesn't have any kind of timetable. Alfarik Aminu, he's still out uh, with that torn meniscus. He had a, a setback, you know, a couple weeks ago in practice, so they're still trying to figure out whether or not he's going to need surgery. But the Magic just never give us timetables on these injuries. So, um I'm really just glad that, you know, Jonathan didn't have anything serious like an ACL, something that would cost him to miss, you know, nine to 12 months, you know, the better part of an entire year, uh, depending on, you know, what the, the playoff situation is looking like. If it looks like we're going to be the H seed and we might be matched up against like Milwaukee, you know, I, I would not be all that mad if the Magic said, listen, we're probably not going to win a series against Milwaukee. Let's not risk Jonathan re-aggravating an injury or, or furthering this injury. Let's just sit him out. Let him just, you know, bulk up, work on his body, and get ready for next season. But uh, we're just going to have to play that by ear, you know, wait, you know, some time and, and, and see how he progresses with that. Like I said, they're going to reevaluate him in two months, uh, and, and then we'll go from there. Really just happy that um, it wasn't anything serious, that he should be back, um, you know, next season, you know, without, you know, any hiccups or anything like that. Um, and, and just glad it's nothing serious that's going to, you know, affect his, um, you know, long-term uh, health and, and quality of life. Really, <clears throat> when he went down and um, they had that towel over his knee, I'm like, man, if he dislocated his knee, maybe it, it was something really serious. You know, we've seen pretty crazy, you know, football injuries. Now, nobody's like rolling on his knee or, or anything like that. It didn't look, you know, completely dislocated or anything like that. Talking about like uh like a Zach Miller for the the Bears, the the tight end. I don't know if any of you remember that or like uh, like an Alex Smith for the Redskins last year when his leg got rolled up on and and just went ways that it's not supposed to go and then, you know, then you're at risk for like amputation and stuff like that. Maybe I was being a little bit dramatic, but when I saw that towel over his leg, I just I just thought the worst. And a kid that's having such a great you know year, uh, you know standout defensive season, was likely to make you know I thought he was on track to make the first team you know uh, defensive All NBA team, um, if not definitely you know one or first or the second team. Um, but a kid that's just really you know starting to come into his own. Uh, defensively, the offense is getting there, but um, it really just sucks for him. Everybody that covers this team and, and follows this team knows how much everybody likes that kid and, and how good of a kid he is. Uh, it's just sad and, and, and frustrating to see a guy go out with that injury, but the good news is that long-term he should be fairly healthy. Carson is asking, do you think we will make a move before the deadline uh, surrounding DJ or anyone to fill Jonathan and Aminu's injuries or anything similar? I am going to talk about that later uh, in the show, so just stay tuned. So moving on to Friday night at home, Aaron Gordon did return to the starting lineup after missing the previous two games with that sore Achilles. Ken Burt started in place of Jonathan Isaac in order to match up with the large Miami front court of Bam Adebayo and Myers Leonard. Clifford said that going forward, the starting lineup is mostly going to be adjusted depending on what is going to give the Magic the best defensive matchups. He said that's just how it's going to be uh, moving forward, so that'll be something to watch. 
Uh, but Orlando took full advantage of a poor shooting night from the Miami Heat in order to put together a 105-85 to 85 route of their in-state rival. Miami shot just 7 of 37 from 3, good for 18%. Orlando played really good defense for 48 minutes, uh, but Miami flat-out missed their fair share of good lucks. Playing undermanned, the Magic looked to play uh, with a higher level of focus throughout the entire game, more so than what we've really seen lately. And Miami was playing a lot of zone defense in this one. Orlando really took full advantage of it. You know, Vucevic would flash to the open spot in the zone, either get a decent look for himself or find a wide open man. And the Magic took advantage of that all game long. Orlando led by 12 at halftime before Miami used a late third quarter surge to cut the lead to three with 3.57 to go in the third. Orlando would weather that storm a little, get the lead back out to five to end the period. And then Orlando just completely took over, locked down, whatever you want to call it. Miami only scored six points in the fourth quarter, which is the lowest single quarter point total for any team all season. The previous low was Memphis, who had eight points in the fourth quarter on November 8th, also against, you guessed it, the Orlando Magic. Miami Heat, uh, they fell 105-85 to as sad Heat fans filled out of the Amway Center into the dark Orlando night. Uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Aaron Gordon just completely exploding for a dunk over Tyler Hero in the second quarter. Uh, Terrence Ross went to pass the ball to Aaron Gordon. It got tipped up in the air, uh, and it started to kind of fall towards the hoop. Uh, Aaron Gordon just drove through the lane, took that ball off the bounce as Tyler Hero was coming up. And, and Tyler Hero, you know, as they, they say, you know, don't jump, young blood. And young blood jumped, and Aaron just threw it down over him. It was just absolutely incredible. Um, just awesome, you know, athletic move. Unbelievable athleticism for a guy that has had a sore Achilles. To, so to see that um, was really, you know, a, a pretty um, encouraging sign out of Aaron moving forward. Uh, Markel Fultz also had a career high six steals, and then the Magic were out rebounded, forty nine to forty four, which isn't great. Uh, but when you play great defense, especially in that fourth quarter, and you get a Terrence Ross 25-point night like we got on this one, it can obviously be enough to win. So once again, Terrence Ross, 25 points, shot 6 of 10 from 3. I hate using this cliche, but the torch was lit. Like, he was literally on fire. The guy just could not miss. Nikola Vucevic added 20 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. Aaron Gordon had 16 points, 8 rebounds in his return, most of his points coming in the paint. Uh, after the game, he said his Achilles felt okay, so that's definitely going to be something to watch moving forward. Me personally, I would rather him just take the time that he needs to get that Achilles right. As we learned last year uh, in the NBA Finals with Kevin Durant, you know he missed some time with you know calf soreness and, and stuff like that. Um, I remember at the beginning of that game during the broadcast, they said, you know, the training staff is confident that there's no risk in or Steve Kerr said before the game that there was no risk in Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles. And then we all know in that game in the second quarter, uh, Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. So when it comes to the Achilles, it's just not something that you want to mess around with. Um, no pun intended, but the Achilles injury uh, really is like an Achilles uh, you know, to basketball players, it's just not very, um, you know, it, it's not really that often that when you, um, you know, suffer an Achilles injury that you're really able to get back to 100% of where 
you once were. You know, ACL injuries really aren't, you know, what they used to be. Uh, but the Achilles injury, in my opinion, is still a very serious injury for a basketball player, um, especially when you're using that to, to push off, uh, to try to drive past other players. And uh, when you're pushing off of that to elevate and stuff like that is something that can really affect your athleticism. So for me personally, um, I'd really just have Aaron sit out until the Achilles feels like it's 100%. Me personally, I've had um, partial you know, Achilles tears in the past, um, and it can take weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, I think it took me like 12 weeks or something like that um, before I was able to, to do things without pain and stuff. So um, just given all the injuries that this team has sustained so far to start the year, I understand um, you know, maybe the thinking of trying to, to play guys through injuries and stuff like that, but the Achilles is, is one thing that you don't want to mess with. So I really hope that uh, Aaron and, and the training staff and the coaching staff for uh, the Magic know what they're doing with this Achilles injury. Um, but this is exactly the kind of game that you want to see out of Aaron Gordon. Like I said, most of his points uh, came in the paint. He was able to knock down a couple of threes. Um, believe only got to the free throw line once. Uh, would like to see him get there a little bit more. Um, but that's where you want Aaron to get you know his, his buckets in the paint and around the paint So and knocking down open threes. So let's move on to Saturday at home versus Utah. Uh, like we talked about, Clifford is going to be adjusting the starting lineups depending on the matchups going forward and what he thinks is really going to give us the best chance defensively. So with Utah starting Bogdanovich and Royce O'Neal, uh, Clifford opted to start Wes Awundu instead of Kem Birch. On the second night of a back-to-back, uh, I felt like the Magic played well enough in this game and they really fought like hell through three quarters to be uh, within five points at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, I mostly chalk up this loss to fatigue in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, second night of a back-to-back, guys playing more minutes than they're accustomed to. Uh, you know, just all the injuries that we've had, running out of gas. Uh, Jazz opened the fourth quarter, hitting four of five threes, three of which were off of either late closeouts or just flat-out missed defensive assignments. Magic were only able to score 21 points in the fourth quarter, ended up falling 109-96. to This was a tough loss to watch, especially with how well the guys fought through the first three quarters. But again, it felt to me at least like they just ran out of gas. So Orlando goes 2-2 two and two on the week, still holding on to the A spot in the East. They would also be eighth in the West, by the way, one time for the hitters. So don't say that you know the Magic are only where they're at right now uh, because we're in the East because we would still be in the playoffs even if we were in the West. I understand the West is the stronger conference, but give credit where credit is due. We are, um, just like I said, one game back of the 17 Knicks, or Nets, excuse me, who we play on Monday night, tomorrow night, with a win. Orlando would hold the seventh seed. We're still two games up on the ninth place, Charlotte Hornets. So even with all the frustrating losses, all the bad injury luck, the Magic are still treading water which is exactly what they need to do. Um, just need to do enough to, to get into the playoffs. Um, with all the injuries piling up, though, it, it does, at this point, it feels like the Magic are you know, one injury away from um, really needing to step back and evaluate uh, the goals of this season uh, and, and what kind of needs to be done going forward. If you know, we were to have a, another injury, you know, God forbid, to you know, Terrence Ross, um, Evan Fournier, Vucevic, you know, or Aaron Gordon, any of those guys, um, I definitely think it'd be time to sit back and, and just kind of reevaluate 
the goals of this season and and what it is you know that that we're looking to accomplish um but this this team you got to give credit to them they're in these games almost every single night um you know all the injuries all the other stuff that's going on um you know they're still fighting the best that they can to stay in these games keep them competitive um but you know at, at some point it just feels like you know something's got to give you know with these injuries guys are are now going to have to be playing um you know extended minutes going forward so Jeff Weltman has said that the Magic are going to be looking to use their 15th roster spot to fill a need with so many guys out. So we will have to keep an eye on that. Just looking at some potential free agents at the power forward position, um, in, in my opinion, it's, it's looking really slim. I don't really see that there's any guys um, you know, that, that we could bring in that would be much of an upgrade over what we have right now especially, you know, given what the Magic need. The Magic definitely needs scoring, um, definitely needs some more shooting. Uh, Two-way player B.J. Johnson has been getting a lot of buzz lately. He's a 6'7 forward who in 20 games with the Lakeland Magic has averaged 23 points, five rebounds on 43% shooting behind the arc. So given the options that the Magic have right now, I personally would not mind calling the kid up, giving him a shot. Um, That might be one of our best options. I mean, the kid is already on a two-way deal. He's in Lakeland. He's, you know, been with the organization. So just bring him in. Um, you know, we've seen guys come from the G League looking at like, a, you know, Eric Boucher for the Toronto Raptors. You know, since, you know, they've had guys out, he's been playing pretty decently. Uh, just he's a you know high energy guy and definitely in the games that the Magic have played the Raptors so far, he's made an impact. So uh, maybe, you know, we can get the same effect bringing up B.J. Johnson, if anything, um, just gives you another long wing and a, and a guy that you know, can knock down uh, some open threes, which we could definitely use at this point. Um, looking at some other news, um, Carson had asked a few minutes ago in the Twitch chat uh, about you know, the, the, the rumors surrounding you know, D.J. Augustine or possibly bringing in someone else. So there have been some reports that the Lakers would be interested in trading for D.J. Augustine, who is on an expiring deal. He's in his final year uh, with the Orlando Magic. I think he makes about $7 million right now in his final year. So he's given the Magic a big boost offensively off of the bench. Uh, but if Michael Carter-Williams is able to come back healthy at all, and if Orlando does not plan on bringing back DJ Augustine this summer, I could see that move happening. But for what? Uh, I really don't know. It'll be interesting to see you know, if that plays out. For me, really the only guys I would be interested uh, in getting from the Lakers would either be Troy Daniels, who is known to be a heck of a shooter, or Kuzma. I know some people are going to hear that and cringe. You know, the, the FKK squad, you people out there on Reddit might know what that is. I'm not going to spell that out, but it's blank Kyle Kuzma. Um, I know we've all given Kuzma a lot of hate, you know, last year. Um, you know, when the, the Lakers were in the news, you know, talking about trying to trade for Anthony Davis and they're getting some negative attention. Uh, you know, Kuzma was interviewed and said he would rather be talked bad about in L.A. than be in a place uh, like Orlando and be you know, basically irrelevant. So myself included, a lot of Magic fans have just been pretty anti uh, Kyle Kuzma. It just seems like a kind of a corny dude or whatever. Uh, but hear me out. So I. I think he has decent value around the league. So if we were able to kind of snag him away uh, from the Lakers, he's still on a cheap contract. 
Um, he definitely would give us some size and some scoring at a current positional need. Um, and then if we needed to flip him, I still think we would be able to do that. And then if you're not going to bring DJ Augustine back, at least you would be able to flip him for something, um, you know, kind of like the Alfred Payton situation a few years ago. Um, you know, Weltham, they kind of decided that they weren't going to be bringing Alfred Payton back. So rather than let him leave for nothing in free agency, they traded him to the Suns for what I believe was like a second round pick. So um, if you're not going to bring a guy back, it's better to trade him away and get something for that asset rather than nothing. Uh, I've been a proponent, you know, all season, um, really up until lately, just because DJ's been shooting the ball so well and has really been, um, you know, giving the bench a, a huge lift in some of these wins that we've, you know, gotten lately. Um, but, you know, I, I still believe in Michael Carter-Williams. He was, um, you know, really um, a huge piece of that bench unit last year when we, you know, closed out, you know, the end of the season after Isaiah Briscoe went out. Um, I, he really does make a huge impact defensively, which is something that I think would really help out um, the bench unit. But at the same time, uh, DJ, the way that he's been shooting the ball lately, seems like it's, you know, opened up a lot for Terrence Ross as well. But once again, if you're not going to bring DJ back, you know, uh, after this summer, uh, you might as well see what you can get for him. I don't think we'd be able to get um, Kuzma away from the Lakers. The Lakers are starting to to listen to offers for Kyle Kuzma, um, but I definitely think it would um, cost a little bit more than what the Magic would be willing to pay in order to get Kuzma uh, from the Lakers. But uh, Troy Daniels is, is someone that I think could be a possibility, um, a guy that really could help out the Magic as far as uh, shooting um, and scoring goes. But I really think it'd be funny just to see Karma smack Kyle Kuzma in the face after his comments about Orlando last season, you know, so we'll see. How, how funny would that be after he talked very specifically about Orlando if he were to get traded to Orlando and then people don't talk about us, so he would then not get talked about in Orlando. So that would be kind of funny, but um, I'm the kind of guy, I don't know about you guys out there, I don't know about you guys listening, but if you're not on my team and you talk trash or you do anything dirty to any of our guys, I am 100% against you, but if it comes to happen that you are on our team, if you're on our team, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you to play as well as possible, and if you're one of our guys, then you're one of our guys. That's that's just the, the way that I am. So um, I do have a, a question here from Roberto uh, here on Twitter. He's asking, should Birch play 25 or more minutes at power forward for the rest of the season? Uh Fultz is still outplayed by DJ. Should he come off the bench until his this season is over? And then is the front office maybe too relaxed with injured players' development and team chemistry? So first question about uh, Ken Birch. Uh, it's really just his minutes are going to de- depend on whether or not uh, he is starting. Um, you know, d- like we said, depending on the defensive matchup, uh, you know, with whatever team we're playing, it's either going to be Wessel Wundu or Ken Birch that's going to be able to start um, alongside Fultz, Evan, Aaron Gordon, and, and Vooch. So um, those nights, I think Ken Birch is going to get 25 minutes, you know, when he starts. Uh, but if not, you know, just for right now, we just have to kind of play it by ear. Um, we'll have to see what kind of adjustments are made to the roster, you know, either through um, trade or, uh, you know, buyout season is going to be coming up 
here pretty soon. Um, see who maybe we're able to to bring in or to sign, you know, to to fill that fifteenth roster spot. So we'll just kind of have to wait and see as far as that goes. Um, I think we're just really going to play it by ear when it comes to Ken Birch and his minutes. Um, him and, and Wes Awundu are, are going to go back and forth as far as I'm concerned. Um, Fultz, I, I mean, at this point, yeah, DJ has been playing better than Fultz, you know, very recently if we're talking about like the last five games or, or, or you know, stuff like that. Um, but I, I really just chalked that up to a, a slump from Markel. I think he's going to bounce back. I think he'll be fine. Um, I still like what he brings to the floor more than, than DJ does. Um, if DJ isn't shooting the ball well, then he basically is giving you absolutely nothing for the night. If Markel isn't shooting the ball well, um, he's still, at times he gets lost defensively. Um, I think, you know, as time goes on, he's going to get better about that. Um, but he just more defensive versatility, more athletic is you know able to get out and run a little bit more than DJ, and then just his playmaking and ability to finish around the rim has uh, you know been phenomenal for the, most of this season. He's going through a little bit of a slump lately, but I think he's gonna you know bounce back from that. Um, and Markel Fultz, he's you know by all accounts he's part of the future of this team. So you made that decision after five games to start Markel, um, and I think you've got to you know let the kid you know, drive the car. You gave him the keys, let him drive. If he, you know, gets into a couple accidents or this is a bad analogy, but just, you know, let Markel do what he, you know, needs to do and, and, um, you know, allow him to just continue to develop the way that uh, he has been. I, I think, like I said, he's going to bounce out of this slump uh, and he's going to continue to be just fine. And then um, is the front office maybe too relaxed with injured players development and team chemistry? I don't think so. Um, you know, a lot of people like to criticize the front office that we have. Um, I think they've done about as good of a job as they could have since taking this team over. Uh, you know, Rob Hennigan really left a huge mess here, um, not only from a roster standpoint, um, but, you know, the, the personnel of the team and everything like that. I think, um, you know, the, the training staff that the Magic have brought in um, have, have done a great job. It doesn't seem like it this year. We've just had so much bad injury luck. But I love the way that they handle injuries, you know, not putting timetables on guys, not, you know, putting pressure on them to, to return and, and really just giving them time to work on their bodies, get their body right, get healthy, uh, and then, you know, come back and, and, and you know, um, really once guys come back, they might take a little bit of time to, to get their rhythm, um, but usually they're able to come back and contribute right away. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know about team chemistry. By all accounts, this team seems like they get a we they get along, you know, pretty well. They they um, you know seem to have a good time together and everything like that. Uh, right now, uh, my main concern with this team and the way that it's constructed is really um, just the fit. Um, you know, we definitely need more scoring, and then you know, um, for better part of the season, the defense has not been performing up to the level that they need to. So. Um, I don't know if, you know, the Magic know that they kind of have that switch, um, you know, that they flipped last year. I don't know necessarily if they're going to be capable of doing that again. Um, but I feel like, you know, looking at the standings right now, they're still in the playoffs. You know, last year they were 
10 or 11 games under 500 and knew they had to play their butts off to be able to make it into the playoffs. And they um, just they clinched a playoff berth in the last two games of the season. So um, maybe that has something to do with it. The fact that, uh, you know, just all the injuries that we've had, they've had to fight so hard. Um, and but they're still sitting you know, in the playoffs as it is right now. Um, but going forward, I definitely think more of the fit and the way that the roster has been constructed needs to be, um, you know, that, that kind of needs to be addressed. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as the other things, I'm, I'm really not too concerned. I think the, the front office, since they've taken over the team, um, they, they've done a great job. I think they've, um, more often than not made the right decisions, you know, as far as bringing, you know, guys back and everything. Um, but with, you know, the way that this season has gone, this has just been such a weird season so far. Um, really just because of all the injuries, it just, the magic can't catch a break on that end and they haven't really been able to get into a rhythm. So, um, if this team ends up underperforming and not reaching their goals for the season, I, I, I just think it would be, um, it, it, it'd be kind of irresponsible to not admit that, you know, injuries have had a, a huge hand in that, um, you know, and, and, and just kind of, you know, that has really affected what this team, you know, should have been able to achieve to this point. Now, they're still underperforming, which is an issue, uh, but just injuries have continued to, to, to kill this team um, again and again. So, uh, but that's all that I've really got for this week, unless anybody has uh, any questions. Uh, I love the fact that, that we beat the Heat this week, uh, that we were able to blow them out in the Amway Center, that a lot of um, you know, the Heat fans left pretty quiet. Just to remind you guys, um, coming up on February 1st, which is a Saturday when the Heat come back to town to play the Orlando Magic, I'm putting together uh, like a group outing. So any, any you know, fans of the Magic either on Twitter or, or that listen to the show, if you go to the sixmanshow.com backslash beat the Heat, click register, you can purchase your tickets there. Just trying to put together, a, you know, a, a pretty – big um, dedicated fan section that's going to make a lot of noise so that if we do start to hear those let's go heat chance that we're able to drown those out pretty quickly uh, in the Amway Center so if you guys haven't done so already if you're listening to this show if you don't have a twitch account please make a twitch account follow our twitch channel six man show uh, it's uh, twitch.tv backslash six man show so be sure to do that if you guys have not already make sure to leave a rating and a review for us on iTunes that goes a long way towards helping us out uh, one last question who on our roster do you think could be an all-star uh, future you know all-stars on this team obviously we know Nikola Vucevic has already been an all-star um, Evan Fournier was playing so well while Nikola Vucevic was out I feel like if he was in the the right role and could stay hot enough for long enough I could see him maybe being a fringe all-star reserve I don't know if I necessarily 100% believe that Aaron Gordon um, is a guy that I just feel like if he could make the you know the conscious decision to play more within himself um, and get away from you know the some of the the post-ups that he's had this season some of the the pull-up jumpers the the turnaround fadeaway jumpers if he could get away from that kind of stuff uh, and just get to the free throw line maybe you know five or six more times a game to bring his scoring average up and then his ability to defend and, and rebound I could see him being an all-star uh, but the two obvious ones for me on this team are going to be Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz just Jonathan you know if he 
can get the the offense going if that guy can become a 17 to 18 point scorer just his ability to to disrupt uh you know an offense with his length uh his lateral quickness just elite defensive skills I could definitely see him being an all-star and then Markel Fultz just his playmaking ability the ability to get to the rim if the shots start falling for him I could see him being an all-star and then even Mo Bamba I was talking to somebody this past week on Twitter about uh, why people think that uh, Bamba will be an all-star I don't necessarily think he will be I but I see a path of how he could get there his shooting touch um, you know his ability you know his shot blocking ability if he can get you know elite defensively uh if if he can become a better rebounder and then his ability to stretch the floor if he could learn a few post moves that would be amazing i could see um i could also see mo bamba eventually becoming an all-star but that's quite quite a few years away he's still so raw still needs to you know develop and, and get a lot better for that But thank you guys so much for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Once again, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. All that stuff goes a long way. And then we will catch you guys next time. See ya! Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!